if something seems insane, if something seems too crazy to potentially be real, and then you can find a way to do it, well, that's a massive opportunity. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. What's the number one problem all businesses face? It's not sales, marketing, or product market fit. It's hiring. We know just how hard it is, so we've compiled 25 hiring tips from top CEOs that I've interviewed here on Growth Everywhere and put it into a free resource just for you. Text 25 tips to 33444 to get the free resource now. Again, it is 25 to number 25 tips, T-I-P-S, to double three triple four, and you'll get the free resource. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs and bring you business and personal growth tips. Today, we have my friend John Lee Dumas, or JLD for short, and he has a podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire, which is an award-winning podcast where he chats with today's most inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. EOF has been featured or has featured incredible entrepreneurs such as Seth Godin, Gary Vaynerchuk, Barbara Corcoran, Tim Ferriss, and many more. John. How are you doing today? Eric, I'm excited to be here, my friends. I am prepared to ignite. <laughs> awesome. Love the energy, man. So, John, you know, thanks for being here. Why don't you start off with like your background and tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so real quick, you know, I'm just uh, from the state of Maine. Grew up there for the first 18 years of my life and went to college on an Army ROTC scholarship. So I spent four years as an active duty officer with a little 13-month tour of duty in Iraq. And then at 26 years old, you know, I was done with my service and I was kind of off to the races or so I thought. And, and, and the next six years of my life were really tough from 26 to 32 was just failure after failure after failure. You know, law school, I quit corporate finance. I walked out the door, commercial real estate quit because I just wasn't finding my swing. And at 32, I had my first real aha moment. And that was to do the first uh, seven-day-a-week podcast, interviewing inspiring and successful entrepreneurs. It's been a blast. Uh, it's had its ups and downs for sure, but uh, mostly ups. We just celebrated our 1,000th episode, which was definitely a milestone. And we're consistently getting over a million listens every single month. And I've interviewed some great guests like Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin, Barbara Corcoran, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, and the list goes on. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've definitely turned it into a viable business with over $250,000 of revenue a month and growing. So we're excited and uh, looking forward to the future. Awesome. Incredible, man. So how many listeners do you think you've had overall? Well, we've had 19 uh, million listens of wow. the podcast. So there's been 19 million times that someone's pressed play on Entrepreneur Fire, which is pretty cool. Incredible. So yeah, why don't you talk about, let's talk a little bit about acquisition. How did you go about acquiring the first, let's just say, thousand listeners? Yeah, so that's a good question because it was really guerrilla for me. I 
did not have a name in the industry when I started back in 2012. I did not have any kind of an online presence. And I wasn't, frankly, even a good podcaster. I mean, I had never done it before. I had to to do podcasting to actually get good. So, you know, my first 50 or 60 interviews were, frankly, just me kind of learning the ropes. Luckily, I had really good guests. And they held up their end of the interview and, and really made the interview valuable because I wasn't really able to add much value at that point in time. And that's how the show grew as well is because it was unique. It was different. You know, it had that unique value distinguisher that I talk about, the UVD so much, of being seven days a week. And I knew that there was a void out there, that there were people like me that were driving to work every single day. They were hitting the gym that just were looking for more content to consume while they were doing these things. And Entrepreneur Fire did fill that void, even if it filled it poorly at first, because it wasn't a great product, a great podcast, uh, but it did get better. And people kind of respected the journey too. Like, you know, they saw that I was just a a normal dude just trying to to hack a podcast together and, and being honest and transparent about the journey. And what was great, Eric, to get those first, you know, thousand listens was every day, and this still maintains to this day, the first email that goes out of my inbox is to the guest whose interview went live. And I say, hey, Eric, your interview just went live on Entrepreneur Fire and you rocked the mic. I am honored that uh, you shared your journey with my audience and I would love for you to share it with yours. Here's all the links to do so. And I give them very simple one-click tweets, Facebook shares, Google Plus posts, you name it, it's there, along with a lot of other really cool opportunities so they can easily share with their audience. And they do. And I want to really point to the reason why they definitely share Entrepreneur on Fire consistently it's because I bring out different things in interviews than, than they're used to talking about. You know, I'm not just having the conversation of, oh, you're knocking it out of the park right now. Like, how are you doing that? That's an awesome conversation to have, but they've had that conversation a lot. So I wanted to change things up. And one of the ways I did that was by talking about their worst moments they've ever experienced and making them go back to that point in time and, and really dissecting that and talking about lessons learned. And a lot of times at the end, they're just kind of like, John, I, I hadn't talked, I've never shared that story you know, publicly before. And they, they realized how good it felt to share and they wanted to be vulnerable to their, to their audience in that way. And so then when it comes time, when the interview goes live, they're excited to share that interview. Got it. Okay. So let, let's talk about one of those times when, you know, the, the, one of those dark times, because at first glance, you know, when people look at your income <laughs> reports online, it's like, wow, this guy's, you know, this guy's just seemed to figure it out almost immediately. So what's the reality behind John Lee Dumas? Yeah. Well, if you really do study the income reports and we've been publishing them for quite some time now. Um, we also published you know, the first year of Entrepreneur on Fire, which for nine months, we generated zero dollars in revenue. You know, that was three months um, pre-launch when I was coming up with the idea. You know, I quit my job, hired mentor, mastermind, done the whole thing, and then launched. And then the next six months post-launch for a total of nine months, no revenue came in. And that was dark. You know, those were dark times. That was scary because I had to just trust that the audience that I was building I would eventually be able to monetize. And that was, you know, coming out of a place of, of fear and, and trust at the same time kind of mixed in because you know, even my mentor who I hired, who was a successful podcaster and, you know, who, who the man who was running the podcast uh, mastermind that I was in, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast mastermind itself, you know, they said, John, a seven-day-a-week podcast, you are not going to be able to turn that into a viable business because it's going to take up all your time and you're not going to be able to do anything else. So all those fears were there. But you know, at the nine-month mark, we started turning a profit and it's only grown since. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I mean, tell us you know, 
how does John Lee Dumas consistently release seven interviews a week? Because on paper, it sounds insane, but I, I know how it works, but I'd love to, you know, love for the audience to know kind of how your process is. Yeah, on paper, it does sound insane. And I think that was really what appealed to me. And I think it should appeal to a lot of the listeners right now is if something seems insane, if something seems too crazy to potentially be real, and then you can find a way to do it, well, that's a massive opportunity, a massive opportunity, because then you're going to be the first mover. You're going to be the first person in that space. And that was me. I was the first person in that space to fill that void of, hey, I'm going to kick out an inspiring interview seven days a week. And so, again, going back to my mentor, my mastermind you know, leader, it was, it was said, John, you can't do a seven-day-a-week podcast. And not only, Eric, do I now do a seven-day-a-week podcast, but I do a seven-day-a-week podcast one day a week. Now, every single Tuesday, I do what's called batching, and I just batch my interviews back to back to back. I have eight back-to-back interviews scheduled every single Tuesday, starting at nine, ending at five. Now, I'm not going to lie. It's a long day, and that's a lot of interviews, (laughs) but it's one day. So I know I can wake up and say, you know what? This is the day that I'm going to crush it. And you know, I try to put things in perspective too. I mean, I'm sitting in my living room, you know, overlooking the San Diego Bay, like, like life could be worse. You know, I'm not hustling an hour of commuting into the city and then an hour back and and having like 10 or 11 hours at a desk in a cubicle. You know, that to me is a long day. No, I'm just, you know, I'm just slugging eight interviews out in my living room in my shorts and tank top talking to cool people. And, you know, I'm not belittling the difficulty of it. It's, you know, you got to really commit to that. But, Every single Tuesday, I knock out eight interviews, which allows me to stay on top of the game. Incredible. Yeah. So it, it, it's, I mean, you talk about batching. It's all about the process at the end of the day. People, you know, people say, you know, 95% of the time, it's not a people problem. It's a process problem. So it looks like you figured out your process here. So uh, let's talk a little bit about mentorship. So, you know, tell us your story and, you know, we, maybe you tell people, maybe you can tell people how you, how you can get a mentor. Mentorship's huge, but I think a lot of people do go about it in the wrong area. If they can just remember one sentence I'm about to share right now, this will be so big when they're looking to find their mentor. We need to look at the people who are where we want to be exactly, and then we need to reach out to them for our mentorship. You know, so many people just look to to those who are successful. Like for me, Richard Branson would not have been a great mentor. Yeah, I would have learned some cool things from him and some good life hacks, I'm sure. But you know, even on the you know the one in a million chance he would have been willing to mentor me, um, he wouldn't have been great for me because I was I was looking to become a professional business podcaster. So I went and found a professional business podcaster, and that's who I had mentor me. So look to the people you know who are exactly where you want to be, reach out to them, fortune favors the bold, and ask them if you, know, you can, you can um, be an apprentice, if you can exchange value, if you know, whether it be financially, time, if there's some way that you can be an apprentice to them. And what's critical, Eric, because I get emails all the time from people asking me to mentor them, and guess what? I do say no, so don't be, af- don't be afraid or scared of a no. But my next sentence is, hey, I would love to introduce you to an amazing mentor that I think would be perfect for you. You know, here's um, his contact information. If you want to reach out to him, um, you can have a free 15-minute talk to see if, if you guys are the right fit. So by reaching out to me, they're not being mentored by me, but they're getting me to recommend who I know is going to be a perfect mentor for them. And it's a great step. Got it. Okay. So it doesn't, it sounds like it doesn't always have to be financially related. I mean, you can offer them your services for free, right? 
Absolutely. You know, that's the thing is it has to be an exchange of value for sure, but that doesn't always have to be financial. Got it. Okay. And if somebody's saying, okay, I have a, you know, I have some money to spend on a mentor. I want to invest in myself. How much can they expect to spend? Is there any range? Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're spending anything between a thousand to $2,000 per month, that's what I say is a pretty average rate for a mentor. When I started, it was $800 a month um, that I was charging um, to mentor. And I quickly bumped that up to, to 1000 then 12 then 15 And then by the time I was done mentoring, it was $2,000 per month. Um, you know, my mentor was $1,000 per month. And then when I hired Lewis House, you know, that was uh, $2,000 per month. So, you know, the prices kept going up as I was kind of stepping up my mentors as well. So that's pretty typical of what I see is between the one to $2,000. Um, and you know, that's going to, what I really think that that should be getting you as a mentee is at least a 20 to minute, uh, 20 to 30 minute phone call every single week, reasonable email access, um, you know, and the ability to, you know, really get a lot of feedback and, and to be held accountable on that consistent basis from that mentor. Got it. And Lewis House, that looks like I was looking at your infographic, which is awesome, by the way. Um, so, okay, Lewis House, that seems like it was fairly recent. So he seems like a really busy guy. How did you go about getting him? You know, it was interesting. Um, it wasn't super recent, actually, that um, he was my mentor because um, we've, um, after the mentorship, which was six months, we've maintained a really close friendship. And so mm -hmm. we've done a lot of things together since then. And that's kind of one of the really cool things, by the way, about mentorship. So, yeah, I did invest $12,000 in mentorship with Lewis House, but you know the result was was so much more um, than even I thought going into it. You know, it's the friendship that I built up with him and the opportunity to do joint ventures together, et cetera. So that's been absolutely huge. But um, it was really the um, the the first six months of 2014 mm -hmm. is when I had uh, Lewis as my mentor, and you know it was it was definitely a great experience. Um, it was you know us getting together in person at times, talking on the phone often. Um, and I was really focused on webinars at the time, you know, and he was the webinar guy. So I learned how to do webinars from him and was able to kind of create a webinar and have him critique it and introduce me to other people in the industry who are doing cool things. So it was definitely a great experience. Got it. Okay. Yeah. It's, I, I think the, the key takeaway here is, you know, the people listening, you don't need to, if you think you're shooting for their stars, I think you still go for it anyway. I mean, like a couple of years ago, I was reading Neil Patel's blog and reading a lot of stuff. I just didn't understand what he was talking about, so I just started hitting him up, up with emails, and yeah. eventually he started responding, and uh, you know it became a it became a mentor relationship, a mentor mentee relationship. So I think you know anything can happen, even if a guy like John Lee Dumas says no, you know you never know. One percent of the time he might say yes, right? Yeah, yeah. And fortune favors a bull, like I said, and it definitely worked out for you. And and yeah, to actually uh, answer your question about how Lewis and I started working together, you know, it is kind of. Uh, you know, uh, did come exactly from him reaching out to me and saying, Hey, John, you know, just want to have a conversation real quick. I see you're doing great things. You know, he wanted to basically talk to me about um, this program that he had been through called MITT up in Los Angeles that he thought would be great for me. And he was kind of promoting it um, for um, a lot of people in the, in the industry, in the space. And having that conversation with him, he's like, wow, he's like, you really do have cool things going on. He's like, you know, I'd like to mentor you to bring you to the next level. And I'll never forget, like, you know, the first conversation I had with him was, you know, hey, John, like, what do you think you're going to, you want to make in 2014? And I said, you know, I'd love, I'd love to generate $500,000 in revenue. And 
he just laughed and he said, you know, we're going to get you there um, doing that per month. And that was why it was a pretty, it was a pretty special moment where in May I actually did break $500,000 in revenue uh, for the month of May. And I kind of thought to that, to that conversation that we had because, you know, that's why it's so important to surround yourself with big thinkers and, and big achievers because, you know, he just made me think that, hey, that is possible and, and why am I limiting myself and, and why not just have some more audacious goals? Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So you, crazy income reports. When I saw 500K, I nearly lost my mind. So <laughs> what is the reason behind you doing these income reports? Yeah, so for me, when I was first um, looking at online entrepreneurship, I just had come from a very traditional background. You know, I was from the military and then I went to law school and, and you know, then corporate finance. It was a very traditional, closed-minded. And, and, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of people from those industries look at the internet kind of warily and like it's scammy or slimy or whatever. And, and I had that semi-perception, but, you know, I, I was open-minded, but, you know, I did, I did my research and was looking around and I stumbled upon Pat Flynn. And, you know, this guy's been doing income reports since 2008. And I said, man, if, you know, here's a guy who's a nice guy, genuine, likable, and just working hard, putting out great content, and, and he's making really good money doing his thing. And I said to myself, you know, if I ever get to the point where I'm generating revenue, you know, doing my thing. I want to really be that beacon of light that Pat was to me to other people. So when we started generating, you know, in the in the neighborhood of fifty to hundred thousand dollars a month, I said, Kate, like it's time. Like I want to start sharing these income reports with people. You know, I want to um, be that beacon of light to podcasters, showing them how we're monetizing, um, what we're doing, you know, mistakes that we're making so that they can avoid, just like Pat was for bloggers and for niche sites and ex- other stuff along those lines. And, and I wanted to do it right. So, you know, I brought my, I bring my um, accountant on every single episode and every single income report. And, you know, he validates every single, in- um, every single line item of income. Um, and puts his reputation on the line uh, to validate that. And then he gives a really cool tax tip and giveaway, which is really cool as well, and that adds a lot of value. So, um, you know, a lot of, lot of cool things have come out from the income report, and it's inspired a lot of people. And it's not for everybody, and I get that, but I know that it definitely does a lot more good than harm. No, totally. It, it does. I mean, reading the income reports, just like you mentioned, I mean, first of all, it's inspirational. I think it also holds you accountable too, right? Um, but looking at the, what, what your, what your CPA says, you know, for me personally, when I look at the, the tax tips, it helps me for, with my business too. So I think there's, there's a, there's a triple win across the board for oh, that. Cool. Yep. Um, so you also, I mean, I see on entrepreneur on fire, you're also doing these free, uh, there's free podcasts, there's free courses as well. So what's the reasoning behind giving away these courses for free? Yeah, I think that you really, as an entrepreneur need to say, how can I be better at the basics? Like, how can I go back to what really got me to where I am and just continue to improve upon that? And for me, that's free. You know, Entrepreneur on Fire was built on the backs of free podcasts. You know, I like to say the ingredients of success is delivering free, valuable, and consistent content. And that is the definition of Entrepreneur on Fire. You know, it's a daily podcast completely for free, delivering valuable content, you know, the essence of consistency. So I said, you know, how can I take that to the next level? I mean, we're doing amazing with Podcasters Paradise, you know, which generates, you know, over $100,000 every single month. And that's our paid podcasting community. You know, and in times we, we, you know, we sometimes break 200, 300, and even one month broke $400,000 for a single month in Podcasters Paradise revenue. 
So then when I came up with the idea to launch freepodcastcourse.com, you know, I got a lot of feedback from friends and just saying, John, I think you're going to cannibalize podcasters paradise. Like if people can take free podcast course for, you know, for free, you know, why would they ever jump into podcasters paradise? And I said, you know, honestly, I believe in being better at the basics. And for us, that's delivering free, valuable, and consistent content. And it's been amazing. Over 150 people every day are signing up for free podcast course. Over 18,000 people have in total thus far um, signed up for free podcast course. And that's a huge marketing arm for us now. So now we're going to do live uh, podcast workshops, which we do twice a month where I do webinars, where I talk about how to create, grow, and monetize your podcast, you know, I email that list and say, hey, come jump on a, a podcast workshop. And we fill the webinars up because of that. And a lot of those people end up converting into Paradise members, or they just get to the end of free podcast course, and they say, hey, I want to take the next step into Podcasters Paradise, and they convert that way as well. So, you know, for me, I was, I was going to say to myself, hey, I'm, either somebody else is going to create a great free course on podcasting, or I'm going to do it. So why not be that person? And and it's been great uh, for every single level. And it's definitely allowed us to run some really cool campaigns. Awesome. So if somebody is out there, you know, thinking about doing something similar, you know, any are there any, are there any type of ballpark conversion rate numbers you can share with the audience? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I, I can share a lot of specific uh, conversion numbers when it comes to webinars because I do those a lot. Um, so number one, you know, if, if we get about a thousand people to sign up for a webinar, um, we're seeing typically about 300 people show up live. It's about a 25 to 30% live show up rate. And then we're typically doing anywhere from 10 to 20% of, of that on sale. So if we get, um, you know, 300 people live, we're going to do anywhere from, you know, 30 to 50 sales um, of pod- of Podcasters Paradise on that live webinar. And those are just really consistent numbers that we know that work. So, you know, we can run a lot of Facebook ads knowing those numbers and knowing what our cost per conversion is going to be and cost per lead and all those things. And that's, and that's really powerful. Now with Podcasters Par- uh, podcast, the free podcast course, you know, we have now over 18,000 people that have signed up for that course and are going through it. And comparatively, we have 2,500 people that are part of Podcasters Paradise. So, you know, 9x is the size of free podcast course. So we have far more people, um, which is not surprising, in our free course than we have in our paid community. But I can tell you that almost everybody that's joining Podcasters Paradise these days have already gone through the free podcast course and just say, hey, if John delivers this much value for free, I can only imagine what he's going to do within this paid community. And it's true. Like as soon as you join, we have um, a full-time staff uh, member that works out of Virginia. Her name's Lisa. She will match you up with an accountability partner, somebody that's at the similar place in their journey as you are. Or if you want a couple more people for a mastermind, she sets that up. You know, we do um, in-person hub meetups around the world every single month. Um, we have Google Hangouts with today's top podcasters. I had Tim Ferriss, James Altucher, Pat Flynn, you know, the list goes on. Um, I do monthly Q&A sessions just for Paradisers. We have over 200 video tutorials, a private Facebook group. I mean, it's an amazing community and it's just awesome to see what's happening. You know, and in fact, um, after we talk here, um, you know, I'm going to be setting up the Podcasters Paradise Meetup, which is happening next week out in Fort Worth, Texas, for Podcast Movement. We already have over 150 people that are going to be there at the Podcasters Paradise Meetup, and just you know, that level of community is just so much fun. You're going to be in Texas next week. 
Yeah, Fort Worth. That, that's funny. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in Dallas next week. Oh, that's <laughs> right next to each other. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have to talk offline about yeah, it. Yeah, that'd be but, cool. <laughs> um, Okay, so you've done, you've been doing these live webinars, and I know recently, you know, you've you've started uh you started going into automated webinars. Do you have any numbers you can share around that? Are you going to continue doing it? Yeah, I will say automated webinars don't convert even close to live webinars. It's a significant drop off where, you know, I, I'm seeing conversions of typically between a 10 to 15% of people on a webinar converting into sales. On live webinars, it's, you know, less than, less than half a percent on automated webinars. They just mm. don't have that same feel. Um, you know, I don't try to pretend like they're live and I think that's, that's important. You know, I, I'm very just upfront that this is a streaming webinar. Um, so nobody thinks that this is actually a live webinar and we don't try to fool them in that way. And it just doesn't convert that well. Um, you know, it's, it's good to have because it lets people to, to watch it when they can, uh, when they can, instead of having to watch it when, you know, I decide to hold a live webinar, but the conversions are just not good, unfortunately. Wow. So you go from 10 to 20% and you're saying the drop becomes 0.5%. Yeah, yeah, at best, and sometimes it's even lower. Wow! So have you uh, have you jettisoned the automated webinars? No, we keep them just because you know we've already set them up, and the reality is is that you know a lot of people may watch the recorded webinar and then they'll say, okay, now you know I get a good feel for it. Now I'm going to jump on a live webinar and ask John some questions, and now they're much closer to the yes line, as Derek Halper would say. So I still think keeping it out there is valuable because hey, you know if people. Not everybody can can watch the webinar at 11 a.m. Pacific on a Wednesday. You know that's when we hold them, and, and that's just not feasible for everybody. So I like giving the opportunity that people can watch when they want to, and you know they don't convert as well. But we've set the systems up, and um, we're going to keep them out there. Got it. Okay. You just spoke about Derek Halpern, which I think is interesting because both you and Derek, you, you both have a lot of energy. You, very different, but you both have a lot of energy. <laughs> so where does the energy come from, John? Yeah, you know, I think it comes from finally just doing what I love. And, you know, the reality is, you know, I, I've always been an energetic, happy child, kid, young adult, adult. But from the ages of 26 to 32, I mean, I kind of lost that happiness. I kind of lost that that positive energy because, you know, I was just, I felt locked, you know, into the confines of, of law school and then corporate finance and, and the, the cubicle life. And, it just kind of was crushing my soul and, and then having the aha moments and saying, hey, like I would love, <clears throat> excuse me, to talk to entrepreneurs for a living and just kind of get inside their heads and see what's working for them. And then being able to turn that into a viable business. I mean, I just don't take that for granted. Like I remember very clearly what it was like to be in a job that I didn't like, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and now knowing how lucky I am to be doing what I do and to be ger generating the kind of revenue that I have and creating the type of, of, you know, wealth that I am. It's just, it's, you know, it's an honor and I look at it that way and, and I just bring the natural energy that comes from that um, out and everything that I do. Awesome. Tell us about one common trait you've seen in entrepreneurs after speaking to over a thousand Focus would be the one common trait that I see, and it's, it's a word that I love talking about because the acronym is follow one course until success. I see so many people out there that you know are like 80% done like 10 things, and they'll never get done any of them. And, and it's so sad to see. Like, If you can just 
just, you know, instead of just going a mile wide and an inch deep on all these projects, like just find that one project that you just want to go one mile deep and only one inch wide on and becoming the person in it. And so when I made the decision that I was going to become the daily podcaster who interviewed inspiring and successful entrepreneurs, I just threw my heart and my soul into it. And that was the area that I dominated. So there are so many niches out there. You just have to sit down and say, man, what is that thing I want to focus on? And really just crush. And, and that's what I see the successful entrepreneurs have done. You know, they don't try to be, you know, a renaissance man or woman, you know, everything to everyone. They say, hey, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I love doing. This is where I have some value to give. I'm going to do this one thing. 100% agree. What is one piece of advice you'd give to your 25-year-old self? I would just say, number one, relax. Like at 25 you know, you think that you need to have this fully functioning career and you need to be on this path. And, and like all these things were kind of going through my head. And, you know, I thought I had to go to law school to maintain kind of, you know, pace with life. And that's just, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, 25 is so young and, you know, and even 35 is so young, which is what I am now. And, you know, there's a whole huge life ahead of you and just relax, like, you know, stop getting caught up in the rat race. Like that is the loser's mentality and the loser's way. And I, and I wish I realized that sooner. And that's why I spent a really difficult six years, um, from 26 to 32, because I was beating myself up and I wasn't just relaxing, stepping back and saying, Hey, why don't I build something special? So that was, that's, that's the advice that I wish I would have, uh, be able to give to myself Just say, dude, relax. Got it. It's so like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I think the two words that you mentioned are, are, are the key. I mean, relax and, and focus because, you know, the, the, the relaxed part will, you know, not, not cause you to lose your mind, but the focus part will, you know, cause you to keep, you know, you'll stay on the grind, you know, we're seven interviews a week. It's, it's freaking insane. Right. <laughs> so, um, okay. Now how does JLD structure his day? My day is structured in a very regimented way, and it actually starts the night before. I'm all about getting my eight hours of Z's. I'm, you know, I go to bed early, and I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. You know, I like to be going to bed around 9.15 so I can try to be asleep by 10 because I like to read it for like, like around 30 minutes. And I'm up at 5.30 every single morning. You know, I'm, I'm immediately off to the races by taking a power walk around the bay here in San Diego coming back, um, cooking up a nice healthy breakfast or maybe a smoothie, one of the two. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, and on that walk, by the way, I've done a seven minute uh, training circuit. Um, so I'm getting some, um, a full body workout in there as well with squats and push-ups and all that jazz. And then by the time I sit down on my computer, I've already spent about 80 minutes on me. You know, that's, you know, eating food, watching maybe, you know, maybe watching the Gary Vee show, but that's, you know, kind of more for pleasure. Um, and, you know, taking a shower and, and doing the exercise and hydrating. Um, it's all about me and kind of getting that taken care of out of the way. So that when I sit down around seven, you know, the day is ahead of me and I can now focus all on work without kind of the thing hanging over my head like, oh, I'm hungry. Or, oh, I need to work out later, do this, do that. So um, my, my mornings are very structured. And then, you know, my calendar kind of dictates. And to be honest, um, uh, Tuesdays are very busy days, eight interviews. Um, Wednesdays is when I do my webinars and interviews on other shows. And I very rarely schedule anything on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Very rarely. In fact, um, 
you know, it just says what I think of Eric, the fact that we're talking on a Friday right now, because <laughs> it is super hard to get on my schedule, not on those days. And it's actually super hard to get on my schedule anytime soon because my Wednesdays, which is the only day I typically do things, is pretty booked out because of that. And so I really do kind of treasure my open days where I don't have commitment. So I can, I can think of the big projects and the big pictures. Awesome. Okay. Can you explain, can you go into a little detail about the, the seven minute circuit? Yeah, you know, in fact, it's it's pretty simple to explain because it's it's an app and it's just called the Seven Minute Workout, and it's it's in the iTunes and Android store. It's green. It just has a number seven with a stopwatch on it, and what it is is uh, you do twelve thirty seconds exercises with ten second breaks, and you just do those in seven minutes. And um, you you start off with jumping jacks, then it's uh, squats, and then it's push ups, and then it's um, planks, and then it's um, you know push up with rotation, and it, you know the list goes on. And it's a great workout. Seven minutes of kind of hits, which is high intensity training, mm. and um, and then and then it's done. You know, I'm not proclaiming that it's an amazing workout. It's only seven minutes long, but the fact is, is because it's seven minutes, you know, I do it every day, and that consistency pays off. Got seven interviews, seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's one must read book you'd recommend to everyone? The one thing by Gary Keller would be on the theme of focus where he just kind of shows how, you know, humans don't do well trying to multitask because number one, we can multitask and number two, when we try to do too many things and juggle, our performance really suffers. So I love that book. Okay. So to be fair, I mean, you know, obviously you have Entrepreneur on Fire and you have these different courses, but you know, the overall theme is to focus on Entrepreneur on Fire, right? Yes, that is the focus. Okay. Got it. Cool. And then it seems like then you break it down into, you know, you have your daily, your daily themes on what you're supposed to do and things like that. So it, it all makes sense. So just so people are, um, just so people don't get confused, even though you have all these different things, like these different courses, things like that, you're still focused on the overall business. Yeah. Uh, and, but remember I, what I do, and this is really important is like Tuesdays are my focus entrepreneur fire days, you know, Thursdays might be my focus free mm-hmm. podcast course days. And so I'm able to break things up like that and really, focus on that task at that given time. Got it. Makes total sense. Okay. So John, this is awesome. What's the best way for people to find you online? So Eric, all the magic happens at eofire.com. That's where our free trainings are. You know, you can go directly to freepodcastcourse.com or thewebinarcourse.com for a free 10-day course on webinars. Um, but it's all based, you know, right off of uh, um, eofire.com and it's uh, been a blast chatting with you today. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks again for doing this. What's the number one problem all businesses face? It's not sales, marketing, or product market fit. It's hiring. We know just how hard it is, so we've compiled 25 hiring tips from top CEOs that I've interviewed here on Growth Everywhere and put it into a free resource just for you. Text 25 tips to 33 Four 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 to get the free resource now. Again, it is twenty five to number two five tips t i p s to double three triple four, and you get the free resource. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.